Welcome to Be The One with Aaron and Vonnie. I'm Aaron. And I'm Vonnie. And today's guest is a very special friend of Vonnie's and just a very special person all around. Vonnie, would you like to do the introductions? Yes. Well, I'm so excited to have Shandy Long core here with us once again she's been on our podcast before but with i understand's theme of the power of sharing your story i thought it'd be very fitting to have you here with us today shandy because you are a suicide attempt survivor and you have taken that story and have created your own nonprofit organization called Embracing Imperfection. So we want to learn more about your story and more about your organization. So welcome here today. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks, Aaron. Shandy, your story is very impactful for so many. And I think right now with the suicide rates and youth increasing and with as young as nine and 10 years old, we're seeing the suicides rates increase. In fact, from ages 10 to 34, suicide is the second leading cause of death. Now, you actually are a, one of those statistics in terms of a suicide attempt at 10 years old. Share a bit of that story with us. Yes. Um, so crazy enough, I actually hid my story to go along with the stigma that everyone is slowly becoming aware of. I hid my story for over 25 years. And it's its own story of how I came to realize that I had to share it. So I love that you're having me on your podcast about sharing your story because I really think it is very powerful. So yeah, I was 10 years old and on the surface, I was a happy-go-lucky kid being raised by two loving parents and had the typical older brother and a small town in northern Michigan. And that was on the surface. I, you would see a smile on my face, but I was the classic case of something was wrong inside. I didn't feel pretty. I didn't feel loved, even though, of course, I was loved. And I likely had a mental health scenario going on that was just undetected. That all met its match of a really, really bad day. And the icing on the cake, sadly, was just an argument with my dad. And it was then I just decided I, I didn't want to be here anymore. And so I attempted in a very dramatic way. Um, and I'm very, very lucky to be here because it was via gunshot wound. So and now, you know, fast forward 25 plus years, I realized holding that story in wasn't helping anyone. So yeah, that's kind of a quick scenario of, of what happened. And I'm excited to embrace my imperfections and allow the world to see that in hopes to help others and ultimately prevent suicide. Well, I think that's such a good point. Embrace your imperfections because nobody's perfect. Exactly. And we do need to talk about that. Embrace and love ourselves for who we are. What was it 25 years later that... Yeah that wanted made you want to speak out yeah. and talk about this. Yeah, it was quite the call it almost serendipitous moment. I was actually at a leadership conference in West Palm and that was loaded with some really great speakers. And one of them, his name is John O'Leary and his childhood story has a lot of parallels to mine and it's very dramatic. And he too is very lucky to be alive at the end basically of his, you know, his speech and his call to action was people, if you're not sharing your God given story, stop what you're doing right now and get going. And that was followed, you know, by some crazy, <laughs> ugly tears on my end, mind you, among at the time, you know, 1012 coworkers. 
And that was followed by a lot of prayer and talking with my husband. And I just, I knew, I knew that was my calling, my why in life that I had to start sharing my story. And ironic enough, I flew back and you were one of my first reach outs and I messaged you on Facebook and it was kind of interesting because you needed a little time before we could meet for coffee. And I was, I have to admit, I was like, oh, phew. (laughs) And then fast forward, no joke, a year. And we ended up at a fundraiser at the same time. And you're, you're, you were at a table next to me and I looked at my friend and I was like, I have to talk to her. And that was it. That was when I knew I had to start sharing because I think it was just a a God moment or whatever you want to call it that you and I were in the same room and I was delaying my follow-up with you because I was scared. You know, doing things scared is not easy. And then since then I've been speaking in schools and my last speech had over 900 students. And so I'm I'm more comfortable sharing it now. So yeah. Well, I remember that moment of you coming up to me and, and you know what? I think that we made it happen, us getting together for coffee that we Yes, and, we did. and I yes. think, and I think, you know, like with Aaron, we, we use the word serendipitous a lot because often, seren- yeah. often. serendipity has brought me to meeting so many incredible people yeah. and the ironic or not so ironic, you know, timing in, in meeting was actually perfect yes. because we had funded the first in the country nurse specializing mm-hmm. in mental health in a traditional ho- hospital setting at Helen DeVos Children's Hospital and what a perfect person to bring in to that announcement to share your story. It was beautiful, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I just really appreciate that opportunity. And it was bigger than you'll ever know. You know, when when in life you're called to do something, you're scared out of your mind. And then all of a sudden there's a date and a time and you do it. And from there, I, you know, I, I left that night... Um, feeling bigger than the world because I knew that I was following the right calling. I wasn't making this up in my head. It was very clear to me that that was my why, that I had to share my story. I was in a great place and still in a great place. Like my mental health now is really, really great. I've done a lot of counseling and I'm proud to say that by the way. Yeah. So I think it's time to scream it to the world because now with the pandemic, obviously we have some focus on mental health and I think that's going to open more doors for both of us to share stories. One thing that I love seeing here as as we're talking is you've got this energy and this passion and you, you kind of take that in juxtaposition to where you were when you were 10. And I know one thing Vani says, especially when it comes to death by suicide is you just got to get past that moment. You don't know where you're going to be 20 years from now. You don't know where you're going to be 30 years from now. So if we could, I just kind of want to go back for, for listeners who maybe think to themselves, what what was it like at that part? Because here's this Shandy who's happy and laughing. Yes. And yes, it's 20 years later. But that 10-year-old girl, what is it exactly that, that she was feeling to bring her to that point? I'm really glad you um, kind of redirected us back to that because... It is easy to talk about all the positive, right? <laughs> and um, it's easy to skip over the yucky moments. But I think when we do that, we miss an opportunity. So for me, at 10, I felt like I couldn't get out. I couldn't solve what, all, what I had going on. And interestingly enough, <laughs> I actually set out to check off one of my boxes. Again, I, I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel pretty and likely an undetected mental health issue. I decided to check off a box of the feeling pretty. 
in my adolescent mind, I actually thought if I cut my hair, I could then go to my mom. She would buy me a wig. We were going to drive. I had this all planned out in my head. We were going to drive to Traverse City, which is a half hour away. She was going to buy me a wig and boom, I would be pretty. Well, guess what? I literally chopped all of my hair off. And that next morning, I discovered she left for work early that day. And my dad, too, was at our family business, the hardware store. And yeah, my, so I'm already failing for the day, so to speak. I didn't get to check off that box, even though now my hair, my dad comes home from work to see, cause I, I was working. Yeah. This is my fourth into fifth grade year. I helped out at the cash register. This is a family business trying to make ends meet. Right. So I helped out at the cash register and he was basically coming home. Like, where are you? What do you, what do you, and he sees my hair for me. It was all the buildup, the buildup of not feeling that love, even though I was love, not feeling pretty. And then boom, what, what was my cry for help? The cutting of the hair and like, let's check this off ended up in a major argument with my dad. And so sadly it was the, the not so great icing on the cake that led to, I don't, I couldn't see 10 years from now. I couldn't see two minutes from now. I could not see my life today with my twin boys and my awesome husband and my dog. And I I could not see any, that future I could see in the moment. And I knew I didn't want to be here anymore. And so to kind of round out what you're asking me, In that moment, after I fired the rifle, how I loaded it, I have no idea, you guys. This was a 30-30 hunting rifle, a major, you know, gun. And obviously, I hate guns. So after I fired it, I felt exactly like the people who have jumped from bridges and lived to talk about it. The moment they wanted to die, wanted to die, wanted to die, the moment you made your move, all you wanted was to live. I was groveling for my life. That's all I wanted. It gives me goosebumps right now. So I'm here to tell you, and I speak about this, especially when speaking with teenagers, it's a millisecond. You can get through that millisecond. Have your action plan of who are you going to reach out to? Who are you going to go to? Where are you physically going to go when you feel like you've hit that rock bottom moment in life? Have that like safety plan ready to go because Had I done that, I would have saved a lot of heartache on, you know, my family and my body. And so I'm glad you brought that up, Erin, because it is absolutely a millisecond. And then we have so many resources, right? Therapy groups through I Understand. We have counseling opportunities in life. And and just those doors are open to get help where you might just have a chemical imbalance going on in your head. Did I answer your question? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, that was that was perfect. And one thing, when you talk to parents, because you know, you were talking about how you're, and I'm absolutely not trying to, to yeah. dog on your dad here, but you were talking about how you guys got into an argument about the hair and that. When you speak to parents, do you often just say, my thought would be that you just say things like, if it's if it's something that's going to grow back, if it's something that's on a permanent mm-hmm. change, maybe how you approach people, you know, yeah. would would you have gone to the rifle if maybe your dad had just said, oh, honey, what's going on? And giving you a hug versus getting into an argument. Right. That's tough to answer because he'll probably listen to this. Someday. Right. right. <laughs> and we love you, Dad. But I think. No, it's but, okay. I, I will go there. Yeah. Okay. But if I can just interject yeah, on that absolutely. thought because I was listening, you know, and thinking for me, listening to, you know, that are about the argument with your dad, I think it validated the fact that it's never one thing. No, no. So we can't right. look yes. at your dad and Correct. say, oh, it was that argument. Yes. And I don't think that it's fair to go back there and say, well, what if 
what if your dad hugged you instead? Yeah. Because you still weren't feeling pretty. Was that a temporary, you know? So, right. I mean, it's hard it's to hard go to... and analyze analyze that. Yeah. If anything, I, I really appreciate the fact that you're saying, well, it was this and it was this and this was this, but basically this broke the camel's back. Yeah. So if it wasn't your dad breaking the camel's back, what would have the next thing right. have been? And I completely agree with that. I, my my point was more just in From parental outreach. Yeah. Yeah. When you see your child, if you think there may be depression, and granted, you know, when you were a child, when I was a child, when we were all children, mental health, depression was not on the radar like right. it is today. But I guess my point was more like for parents now, if they see their child do something drastic, how mm. might you recommend that they kind yeah. of approach that situation? Great. I think... It, what is a lost art is listening. And especially if you have a, a teenager, for example, willing to talk, your role is to listen. And then if need be, connect them with a professional listener or a doctor, that type of thing. But absolutely, at any point in time, whether it's friendships, marriages, um, you know, any, any family or friendship, friendship relationship, man, do we all need a vent, buddy, you know? <laughs> and especially now more than ever through a pandemic. So back to if I could give parents any advice, it would be to listen and connect them with the resources that are that are right at our disposal. And also our the 1-800 um, National Suicide Prevention Hotline, they're just a great resource in general. Uh, it, you can just run something by them if you need be. My child said this, or I'm worried about this. What What do you think? That's okay. If you're feeling like you're in a crisis moment and want to have someone right there, they're, they're there 24 hours a day. So I think parents need to know the re what resources are available. And I think it's really important to add to this part of the conversation the fact that sadly, not everyone wins the battle you were a survivor oh, so and yeah. one of the biggest issues that problem ha that parents have after a suicide loss is the guilt oh and sure. it's the guilt that you know what I didn't I argued mm -hmm. or I you know I did something that made them do this mm -hmm. well if we go back to the fact that suicide is a side effect of an illness and we and we need to look at it and treat it as an illness but we also have to see that it's never one thing, yes. you know, going back to validating yeah. that. So, so guilt is something that parents deal with, with often, yeah. even when their kids are struggling. And I'm sure that your parents had a lot of guilt, not recognizing oh, yeah. the pain that you were suffering. Right. Yeah. So what would you tell to parents or children even when you're at that place? I think I just want to reiterate the fact that um, those rock bottom moments, is that what we mean by the place? Those rock bottom moments, I... I guess I just would paint a quick picture of what you don't know. You don't know how drastically your life can change in one minute, let alone a day or a year, right? You might even be no, you might even know that you're dealing with depression or, or anxiety and things like that. But what you might not know is that you might not have to deal with it as severe as you are today in a year or five years and what could happen. You just, you just don't know what could happen. So I almost want to say to that person that's in a rock bottom moment, dream. If you can just for a moment, like almost like zoom out of your body for a moment and dream about what would be an amazing day or an amazing scenario or amazing life. Like what did you dream about becoming as a kid and look around because guess what? It, it is possible. You, you are, I'm not, 
discrediting what you're going through right now because obviously that needs to be dealt with and you need to honor what your emotions are doing and what's happening in life. But I am here to tell you that tomorrow is a new day and we want you in it. Because life is so much better with you in it yes. than without you. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It just gives me goosebumps just because it was, it was, it was so close. And it wasn't until I started sharing my story that I actually learned from my childhood pastor how close I thought I would just, I, I mean, I can remember like the Aeromed helicopter ride and I can remember a lot of those details, but I didn't know about like the life-saving surgeries that were taking place like right probably an hour after I was passed out or whatever, you know, and I, I didn't really know that till I started sharing my story and became much more open about it. And it, it was so touch and go. And, and, and then you fast forward and you think about things that I know, like in my adult life, that areas where I've made a difference in somebody else. And I, wow, you know, those are things you don't think about in a rock bottom moment when you're trying to take your own life. You, we all, <laughs> and this is not, you know, cliche. I truly believe this with all my being. We have purpose. We are here for a reason. And you, you were put here for a reason. You might not be able to like sift through those details in a depressive state or through an anxiety attack. I understand that. But I am telling you to have that hope because you are absolutely here for a reason. And it's worth the struggle and worth the fight to figure that out. And I feel that you, especially, I mean, I know at 10 years old, you had, first of all, not a whole lot of coping mechanisms to deal with right. all of that stress. And so right. us as parents and and in the mental health, which is why we're talking about it today. Absolutely. But your journey brought you to a place that you probably thought you weren't going to be. And that's no. a motivational speaker. Right. And a founder of your own nonprofit organization, exactly. embracing imperfections. And you talk with children, hundreds of children at a time, yeah. sharing your story and sending them positive messages. Yes. So tell us how about your organization. Yeah, so our main focus is basically sharing my story in hopes to ultimately prevent suicide, but also to tear down the stigma wall that still surrounds mental health. And to share basically what would have helped me and what did help me. I, I absolutely start out every one of my speeches basically with, you know, my story to capture their attention. But I, I tell them that isn't exactly, I don't want them to take that away from today. I want them to take away the idea that, you know, coming up with your own coping strategy and visualizing that just like you would visualize, you know, the basketball going in the hoop in your, in your game. And I want them to take away that they can get through the millisecond. I want them to take away, you know, the power of one. What I go into that detail is those that invested in me, you know, and we have that alignment with our missions. I had so many people really invest in me and take me under their wing. And I want to challenge our youth to do that for their friends. And it's just, it's honestly, it's just so powerful when you fill someone else's bucket, who else's bucket is filled? your own, you know? So yeah, at Embracing Imperfections, um, that's what we're on a mission to do. We love speaking in schools and in businesses. We'll, we'll go anywhere. Shandy, it's been so great having you here. And we really appreciate you sharing a part of your story about your organization as well, Embracing Imperfections. I love being able to support other nonprofits because I really believe that together 
we're better yeah and you do things that we don't do and we do things that you don't do and and that's why it's so important for you to be with us today and let others learn about you and yeah. and give children parents anyone listening hope hope for tomorrow yeah. or you know what hope just getting through the day so so yeah. thank you so much thank you Bonnie all right and we can visit your website at embracingimperfections.org yes that's exactly it dot org yes embracingimperfections.org yep and what kind of resources can we find there oh you're gonna find a link to I understand <laughs> of course you, so we have both local and national resources and facts and just um, allowing people to dive into my story and hopefully glean some information and, and some takeaways from it without the pain mm-hmm. thank you again Shandy for everything we appreciate yeah, your story you. and you if you or someone you know is struggling, please reach out to 1-800-273-TALK or text HOME to 741-741. Thank you all for listening. I'm Aaron, And I'm Vani. And remember to be the one. Take a 